Did you know that I went to prison earlier this year? Don't freak out. Trust me, just listen to this episode. I've got a great story for you about my last trip to America. Mime time update for July 4, 2020. 121 days of no drinking, 80 days of meditation. Today's it. Today's the last day of no drinking for me. Starting from after midnight, I can do whatever I want. Oh, yeah. Congratulations to those who stuck it with me for the last 30 days. How was it? How do you feel? Are you ready to break it and celebrate with me? Let me know. And segueing into a couple of quotes here. The first quote I want to share with you is from Ralph Waldo Emerson from his essay, Self-Reliance. These are the last two sentences in that essay. Nothing can bring you peace but yourself. Nothing can bring you peace but the triumph of principles. And the second quote is by Jocko Willink. Discipline equals freedom. Discipline equals freedom. So it's July 4th. Happy birthday, America, and happy birthday to me. Every year at this time is a reflection of the past 12 months, a heartfelt appreciation of the past, and an exciting anticipation for the future. Every year, the birthday message to my friends is the same. To believe in oneself and seek freedom from within through personal action and integrity and just being the best person one can be. To me, freedom is about having control over one's own life, living on one's own terms, and manifesting the deepest expressions of one's own heart. For many years, I felt so hopeless, disconnected, and alone. I hated the world and myself. I now love the world and every fiber of my being and feel more connected than ever. I want you to feel that love, that peace, that joy as much as I do. My desire is to share that deep joy with as many people as I can day in and day out. To whoever is listening to this, I hope you find your freedom, whatever that means to you. Thank you so much for listening. And if you got something out of this episode, please share it from a friend who you think would get something out of it. You know what time it is. It's mom time. Shout out to my boy, Auntie, for making this dope beat, the mime time theme song. <laughs> I can't thank you enough for making this dope track for me. Anyways, let's get into it. Today, I'm talking about that time I went to prison for someone's birthday, a.k.a. What a day in prison taught me about freedom. So I've got a great story for you all. Back in 2018, a good friend of mine introduced me to the Jordan Harbinger Show when it won the Best of Apple Podcast Award for that year. Jordan Harbinger has become one of my favorite podcasters whose content changed my life in a big way with awesome guests like James Clear, who wrote Atomic Habits. That was a life-changing book for me. I highly recommend that if you haven't read it before. Jordan was a big inspiration in me starting my own podcast. So I had been subscribing to his email newsletter. And last year, he sent out an email inviting listeners to join him for his 40th birthday this year, 2020, in Reno, Nevada. On his birthday, we would all volunteer at a maximum security prison in California under a program called Hustle 2.0 an education program where volunteers help incarcerated men get a second chance at life. The total cost of attending the volunteer program, staying two nights at the resort where everyone was staying, 
and the plane ticket was over a couple thousand dollars in total. I won't lie, to me, that was and still is like a lot of money. That's a lot of money to me. But I remembered I would totally regret not going. Jordan Harbinger's 40th birthday literally only comes once in a lifetime. Uh, I guess just like anyone else's 40th birthday. And, you know, this was a once in a lifetime opportunity to connect with other like minded listeners of the show, learn something through service at a prison, and say happy birthday and thank you to Jordan for all that he's done. So, I planned this trip for months in advance. I looked at flight times. The only flight that will work with my schedule at the time had me flying from Korea to land in Reno, Nevada on Tuesday, 2 p.m. and fly out Thursday, 6.30 a.m. to land back in Incheon, back in Korea on Friday. So I just pulled the trigger, meaning I booked a flight where I would stay in Reno, Nevada for literally just two nights. I did a lot of deliberate thinking on the best birthday gifts for Mr. Harbinger, what would please him, what would be from the heart, and what would make the most impact during my short time there, how I would dress and how I would deal with the people that I met, how I would connect, how I would listen to them. You know, I thought about all these things in advance. And also I thought, what do you say to someone who is a total superstar in your eyes without looking like a total dweeb, <laughs> without looking like a total noob? You know, you want to, you got to be cool, right? You want to really look cool and not turn off someone who like you really respect and admire. So maybe that's an episode for another time, you know, talking about like how to act around people you really admire in a positive way. Anyways, uh, yeah, if you, li- I mean, if you follow his six minute, minute networking program, you'll probably just pick that up automatically. Six minute networking, that's some good stuff by Jordan Harbinger right there. And by the way, I just recommend that you listen to his show, The Jordan Harbinger Show. It's one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to. Anyways, so I booked this trip this flight, we're talking 18-hour flights to America and back, right? And me just being in America for 40 hours or so between those flights. I'd never done something like this before in my life. A two-night trip to the other side of the world just to go to someone's birthday event right as a global pandemic was overtaking the world. But I did it. I flew to Reno. I checked into the resort. I went to a group dinner with other listeners of the show and made new best friends right away. You know who you are. Shout out to John and Evan and a bunch of other people in that group. You know, it's like you meet some people in the first five to 10 minutes and you just want to spend like the whole week. Like, I just wish I could have spent the whole week just hanging around there, checking out Reno, Nevada with them and stuff like that. But it was a meaningful experience and I was glad to meet them when we did. It was good to connect in such a short period of time. Anyways, the next morning at the resort we're all staying at, we all hopped onto a couple of buses, about 50 of us. On Jordan's birthday, right, we had to wake up early to ride this, these buses to the prison, which was not in Nevada, but the, it was in California. So we drove there for like an hour and a half just talking. And then we, we got to the prison. We had to leave our stuff on the bus. We went through this whole like sign-in process. And we got briefed on like this, what it's like inside the prison and what we could do, uh, what rules to follow. They said, if you hear a gunshot, lie flat on the wall. No running. There's absolutely no running in there. Do not leave pens around or clothes that could be taken as contraband. And we spent eight hours inside the gymnasium at High Desert State Prison, along with 50 plus other volunteers with 30 of the incarcerated men who were called Mavericks under this program. I introduced myself to a lot of the guys in the program. And we played ice-breaking games. We joked around, danced, and did various activities. There were a lot of high fives, uh, hugs, and laughter. And then we got into it. We heard stories from men who had committed murder, 
stories of violence, pain, regret. Uh, I saw them as people just like me who grew up in terrible circumstances in which making terrible decisions was the norm. The point of this event was to help guys who knew they made the wrong decision and wanted a real shot at life after making parole by giving them feedback on their resumes and business plans, as well as encouraging them through acceptance, understanding, forgiveness. Because you know, there's plenty of resources and things and uh, documentaries you can check out about the whole prison system in America, right? There's like millions of men incarcerated. And at some point, eventually men who have committed murder, right, felons, eventually they get let back into society. Eventually they have to go back into the neighborhoods where a lot of other Americans live. And so if there's a system and a society that really judges and really penalizes men, makes them hardened criminals more so in the system, and then when they go out, they can't get a job because of their, their criminal record, right? It's kind of like a vicious cycle where they eventually are turning back to their, where they eventually go back to their old ways and you know, they commit another crime, right? Recidivism is high, except in this program. This program has a 95% non-recidivism rate. So most of the men who go through this program end up not going back to prison, which is pretty amazing. Again, this program is called Hustle 2.0. If you have the time and the resources to go do it, I highly recommend it. It was the most humbling experience of my life. Aside from that time, a Russian boxer almost broke my nose in a boxing ring on Christmas Eve in Kofifi Island on, in Thailand. But that's, for, that's a story for a different time. It was a very humbling and transformative event. One huge takeaway from the experience of meeting incarcerated men and just talking with them, listening to the stories is just realizing they're just people. They're really just people, just dudes who grew up in rough situations. If I grew up in abusive environments with people, adults around me who are selling drugs or committing robberies or doing other things, and I thought that was normal, then I would be doing the same thing. You know, have you ever been so upset or angry with someone that you wanted to kill them? Well, then what if you didn't have the emotional self-control or the disciplined, or what if you were just in a really bad place of mind and you actually did something that bad, like you really made a terrible decision and, or maybe you even just shot a few bullets at a car at a rival gang and then you got, you know, sentenced to prison for life because of attempted murder, right? And you were just like maybe doing what you thought was cool or you were just doing what your older gang brother told you to do. Right. And then you're just, you're punished for the rest of your life because of some stupid mistake that you did. But if maybe anyone else was in your shoes, like they could have been in a similar situation. You know what I mean? And there are many things to talk about and share and elaborate during the discussion. Like, for one, Catherine Hoke, the person who founded Hustle 2.0. God bless you, Catherine, if you're listening to this. Thank you so much. I can't, I can't describe how amazing it is what you do. Sometimes people need a timeout. And going to prison, I actually appreciated that these institutions are there, right? Even though they're not perfect and this whole, there's this whole you know, prison industrial complex, that's a whole issue, right? But you know, I, it actually does make sense for there to be correctional facilities in a society. The issue is when they're not really correctional facilities or penitentiaries that actually cause people who go there to become penitents, to become reformed. You know, when it becomes that people are just get worse and worse and they become more violent, you know, in this internal system, that's a big problem. And there's plenty of resources and materials out there you can find on the internet where people speak a lot more eloquently on the subject, but it's a, it's a really big deal. Because if you care about people at all, and then you meet these men who've committed terrible crimes in the past, these incarcerated men, who they see what they did 
was wrong and they want a second chance in life. Like they, they wish they couldn't have done it. They, they, they've changed during their time in prison, some of them. And I'm not trying to, I hope I'm not sounding patronizing at all because I have the deepest respect for these kinds of men. I'm not perfect. I don't think I'm better than any of these men. I just think I'm luckier. It's kind of really messed up. Like I think the whole program is completely valuable and Catherine Hoke and the people involved with the program are the salt of the earth, but it's kind of also kind of messed up. And it's like, we, we come from a place of privilege. Those of us who are fortunate enough to have had the time and the money to attend this event, to go help out incarcerated men, you know? So we're on opposite sides of the fence, literally, literally, you know, for us coming there, it's like a field trip, you know, we get so much out of it. It's, it's really selfish of us all, actually, especially for me. Um, to go there and to want to get something out of it. And for the men there, what they get out of it is like they have people from the outside world, from the free world to come inside and so they can feel just normal for a day. So they can interact people with the outside world and just feel more human. So the saddest thing for us was the end when we say goodbye. We walked away out of that gymnasium and I felt very sad for the men who had to stay inside the prison. You know, us volunteers had the freedom to go to the prison, spend that time with them, be enriched, and then we could we had the freedom to go leave the prison and go on with our lives, right? But they had to stay. And so sometimes I think about that. Sometimes like uh, when I'm doing some menial task or running an errand, going to the bank or doing groceries, I realize like I get to do this. Like I get to go to the bank. I get to go to the groceries. I get to ride the bus. I get to do the dishes. I get to do laundry. I get to clean my bathroom. And it's my bathroom, which I can use in complete privacy. There's nobody looking at me, I think, you know, when I use the bathroom. Just simple things we all take for granted every single day that I take for granted every single day. Sometimes these moments come, even just now talking to you about it, you know, to think about those men that are still there in the same places for years on end. I walked away feeling sad for like the whole mess America is in with the prison and justice system. And at the same time, I was very happy and grateful to be alive walking away from High Desert State Prison. And I realized the only thing that has been holding me back is myself, my limiting beliefs, my choices. As long as I'm not in prison, as in I have literal physical freedom, I'm actually free to do whatever it is I want to do. I have so much to offer the world, and I have full intention to realize my maximum potential. So after we went back to the resorts and we had dinner and drinks. We celebrated Jordan's birthday. And when Jordan had a moment, I expressed my gratitude with the most thoughtful gifts I could bring. And then we hung out all night having awesome conversations until I flew out in the morning to go back to Korea. I didn't sleep. We were just like having a great time. Just like about five of us at the end, you know, as people went to go sleep. We were just up all night until I had to go literally, you know, get my bag and go straight to the airport. Go back to Korea. And out of the 50 plus people who gathered in Reno for Jordan's birthday, I was the only one who flew all the way from the other side of the world for this occasion because this meant that much to me. And I don't know anyone else in my circles who would go to these lengths to do the things that I did to make a lasting impression, to make these deep lasting connections, to have a positive effect on those around me and going at any given task with an earnest enthusiasm for life. In this short trip for two nights, I learned I have all the freedom and drive to accomplish whatever I need to do in life. I deepen in gratitude and appreciation for my life in this world of opportunities I have access to and my physical liberty. 
I made a deep lasting first impression on those I met and I made new friends for life. I got to meet my favorite podcaster who inspired me so much to start my own podcast and say happy birthday to him. Jordan, if you're listening to this, I can't thank you enough, man. I, I love you so much. Thank you so much for this amazing opportunity. It really changed my life. I can't, I can't describe what that means to me. Thank you so much for having this awesome event, inviting your listeners and all the things you do for everyone who listens to your show, which is helping my, mankind advance towards further personal liberty worldwide. And I want to reiterate, from time to time, maybe I'm on the bus or hanging out with friends or going to the bank or grocery store, I remember those incarcerated men in a desert in California on the other side of the world, stuck in prison. They cannot leave. Many of them have been there for years, and some of them will stay for many more years in a shoebox. You can look up what that is. But me, selfishly, gratefully, I have freedom. And I, I have nothing to complain about, and I have nothing holding myself back. I'm so fortunate to be alive and to not have my movement restrained because of terrible decisions I made in the past. If that's the case, then I have absolutely nothing stopping me. Nothing but myself. Nothing but the mental prison. That is my own mind. It's my birthday, July 4. I can celebrate life, freedom, self-actualization, seeking personal financial independence, the freedom to live my life on my own terms, to discover and execute on the things that are most meaningful to me. If you're listening to this, there's a good chance that applies to you as well. The greatest prison is in our own minds. Humanity is shackled by its past. We're shackled by our past, but through present awareness, consistent action, adoption of positive principles, uplifting high vibrational energy, we can achieve our wildest dreams. Because the life I live today is a realization of my ancestors' wildest dreams. If King Sejong the Great or Ralph Waldo Emerson or my great-great-great-grandmother were alive today, and they could see the person I am. If they could see my heart and the way I treat people, the way I adhere to principles and care for other people, I want to think they would be so proud of me that they would see me as the pinnacle of human evolution of my family's bloodline, the richest, most effective, most caring, most compassionate, most benign and powerful human being living on the bleeding edge of life in this insane 21st century postmodern world doing the right thing, doing his best every single day, I want to believe that they'd be proud of me. I want to believe deep in the heart of every American and even the most reviled criminals, even murderers, even the unjust, that there's potential for redemption. It may not ultimately be objectively true, but I want to believe in it. Because when I see every American, white, black, brown, yellow, white collar, blue collar, convict, or benefactor, I see myself. I see we're all brothers and sisters suffering from illusions of separation, all manifesting different shapes and faces of God. All I can do is exemplify personal freedom through spiritual forgiveness and compassion and steady, consistent action to manifest higher consciousness and bring higher vibrational energy to the world around me. Not being a slave to my past, not being a slave to my mind, or to negative thoughts and emotions, which are the real prison most of humanity is enslaved in, but to be free from this matrix, the matrix in all of our own minds. We got to break out of samsara. We got to wake up from and like break this cycle of hate, break this cycle of pain. We got we to gotta, <laughs> like enlighten ourselves or something. 
Otherwise, we're just going to live the same life a thousand times and die the same deaths until we learn our lessons. And even if it isn't true that we live and die a thousand lives again and again and again, wouldn't you want to embody the principles of that just for your own sake, just for your own, I don't know, pride, just because you think it's the better thing to do, whether for karma or God or Allah or Buddha. This may not be a popular thing to say, especially in the political climate of 2020, but I will say it. Even though I don't live there anymore, I love America and I'm so proud and grateful to have grown up in it. And I love all Americans. Whatever injustice, incidents of racial discrimination, moral and systemic shortcomings of the society at large and its individuals against me, perceived or otherwise, I forgive. If I've done anything to hurt another person, especially an American, I'm sorry and ask for forgiveness. I promise to treat everyone better. I love America because I am America insofar as I embody its greatest principles and its glorious pursuit of liberty, truth, and self-actualization. And no one can ever take that away from me. I love all peoples and I desire peace and prosperity for all nations, for all mankind. I love everyone. And if you're listening to this, I love you too. Godspeed to you. I hope you manifest freedom and joy in all areas of your life. Happy 4th of July. Happy birthday, America. And happy birthday to me. I have the greatest gift of all, and that's freedom. Thank you so, so much for listening and have a great July. Talk to you soon. Peace.